0: All right, and we are back with the new Black With No Cream podcast. New episode every single Wednesday and Sunday. I am your host, Ben Haggerty, a.k.a. Ben Realverse World. Uh, coming to you live from the Black With No Cream office, the new office. We are three weeks old. It feels great to be in here again. I know I've said it a few times. I'm going to keep fucking saying it because I'm. this is a proud, proud month for me right here to have this space. Um, today's guest, special guest, is my good friend and touring Road dog Andrew White. Andrew is based out of New York City and has worked with some of the biggest artists, celebrities, and publications in the world, including Beyoncé, Jay-Z, Tom Hardy, Michael B. Jordan, Jordan Peele, Virgil, The New York Times, Wired Magazine, Levi's. There's so many people. This person's worked with so many people, artists, like all that shit. Like Andrew's, Andrew's crazy, yo. I met Andrew at the beginning of our rehearsals for Coachella, which by the way, the documentary comes out tomorrow night at midnight or Wednesday the 17th I don't know whenever you're hearing this that's when it comes out it'll be out already so make sure to check out homecoming the documentary Uh, your boy shot some of that shit you feel me it's about Coachella with Beyonce fucking crazy can't believe that's a movie now that's nuts so anyway go watch that we did Coachella together and then we lived on a bus touring the world together for the on the run 2 tour with Beyonce and Jay-Z Andrew is unbelievably, unbelievably talented. This dude is a beast when it comes to shooting, creating. Um, his eye for photography is out of, out of this world, so definitely stay tuned for this shit because his career as a photojournalist, commercial photographer is next level and you're gonna learn so much. Break your wrists. Um, Andrew Sandler's calling me. Come on, man, I'm recording the intro of this podcast right now. We got new merch. I'm wearing the hat. You see the mug right now in the video. I'm wearing the creator long sleeve tee. If you guys want some merch, go get some bwnc.com slash shop the shit is off the chain I, I still say off the chain so if you would like to support us and what we're doing here at black Widow cream yeah go get yourself some merch we're pretty proud of this shit it's fucking unbelievable got a whole store full of cool apparel um we, uh, we really want to thank everyone that's supporting us on Patreon as well. You guys are crazy for doing that. You're keeping the lights on in this podcast studio. So, uh, yeah, thank you for contribution on that. If you guys want to support us on Patreon, please do. Patreon.com blackwindowcream Black Window Cream. We are redefining the tiers, the tier levels, and we're going to make them so much better very soon so if you're if you're already supporting on patreon it's gonna get better for you if you're going to support on patreon you can do it now and get all the dope perks and then when we launch that shit it's gonna be even more uh exciting for you because we want to make you guys uh happy you know we really appreciate your support so we want to make it worth your while um yeah that's really it i don't know Black Cream, if you wanna join the private community, you can do that, bwnc.com slash join. We are here for all creators of all kinds, photographers, videographers, music people anything you can think of creative that's what we support that's what our community supports uh it's the best biggest online community for creators uh that exists and it's the best educational place and place to find motivation in the world so you should uh yeah join our community we would love to fucking have you please join um that's it enjoy the work week keep creating make sure to tune in every single wednesday and sunday for a new black window cream episode and without further ado i bring to you my interview with andrew whitey and the best motherfucking intro that you've ever heard in your entire life, right? Motherfucking, no. Attention if you stop this podcast recording at any time, you will die.
1: I don't want to die.
0: Do you want to live? Yeah.
1: You have 24 hours to share this podcast with five people or you will die. I'm kidding. You won't die.
0: You're just weak shit for not sharing. And the winner of the best motherfucking podcast goes to. Goes to. Black with no cream. What do you it's think? It's so fucking dumb and so fucking Ben I knew you'd say that. And we're back with another Black with no cream podcast. Andrew Whitey is on the fucking show today. <laughs> Happy to be here. Are, like you, are you happy to be here, dude? I am happy to be here, yeah. This was a spur of the moment podcast recording because we just were planning to get lunch and then lunch turned into, let's do an episode real quick. Yeah, that's how it goes. That <laughs> is how it goes. Um, Andrew is an incredible, I'm talking too loud, sorry guys, I'm mixing this shit on the fly. Andrew's an incredible photographer. We met on the OTR2 tour. Actually, Actually no, we met Coachella. Coachella. Yeah. Coachella. We did Coachella together. Um and we've been road dogs since since the jump of that shit. Pound it. Swag. Super sense. Um but we 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 got to know each other pretty well over the, the 8 months. I don't know how long. That Basically eight, 8 months. Yeah, yeah. we're most of 2018. Right. Yeah. On the road. I had Robin on here before. Now I have Good you. Economy. Now I need Raven. Yeah. Yeah, like I said. get the tree trio. Totally. There was three photographers on that tour. Sorry. You being one of them. Then there was me and Dave doing video. Yep. Then Julian and Irie. And then we had Amadou and Cecile. Amadou, Cecile. Fucking in France and Paris yep. and all that shit. Shaquana, Shaquana too. Damn. Look those, good, homie. We had everyone on yeah. that shit. Our bus was a shit though. Yeah. bust out David. to buzzing bus seven was it seven or six seven. no we were bus seven bus seven yeah. um, anyway could you let the people know a little bit about like who you are what you do people yeah. you work with this dude works with a lot of fucking dope <laughs> brands and artists and celebrities and uh, yeah you just kind of like stun on me I remember actually I remember uh, Coachella the day you came you came and I was like in the back room or something. You walked in and you just like had your camera shit on your long hair. And you was like, what's <laughs> up, man? I was like, hey. And then uh, you s- knew everyone from, because you had toured yeah, with yeah. bb before, Totally. Formation and, uh, tour, 2016. And I was like, fuck, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get beat out by someone else. Like there's more creators <laughs> that they're bringing in now. And I thought I was doomed. And then you like came up to me and you were like, yeah. And I was like, so do you, you, you shoot concert stuff? You're like, no, nah, I do more like editorial shit and like random stuff like this. And then you just like flex and show me like this ill shot. I don't remember who it was, but it was for the times. Who Denzel? Did you shoot Denzel? Yeah, yeah, I shot Denzel and Michael B. Jordan for a Michael B. Jordan, you know, it like yeah. feature. He just like section. shows me these pictures, and I was like, all right, fuck my life. <laughs> Damn, I'm getting next tomorrow. <laughs> nah, nah, we're all same team. Same yeah, we same team. But anyway, tell people like I just flex for you a little. Oh, bit. Fu- no, man. Like
1: it's I suck at flexing. So <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm Andrew. I'm born, raised in San Monica, California. Came up my dad was a photographer so right. my brother and i always had cameras around um so it was just sort of one of these like things that just shooting became just sort of a second nature activity like whether we were like going camping and road trips our dad was like yeah here's a fun saver you know like take some pictures actually like, won my first photo contest in first grade it was like a really yeah yeah. we went to canyon de in new mexico which are these uh it's basically like ruins in the side of a cliff and it's I basically took a photo that probably everyone else takes but right. you know like just submitted it to this like el- literally elementary school kind of thing and
0: at your school
1: or it was yeah, like yeah, for yeah, all my elementary school kids. It, was stupid. it was like i got like second place and i was Damn, like cool that's tight yeah um was it film you shot on film yeah yeah it was right. it was like 1993 right, right, right. definitely yeah. like dating myself right now um but no it's like you know i've always sort of been around cameras and photography and so yeah, I don't know.
0: Um, but now who have you, like who are some of the okay, people so, before we get into the childhood? I will, we'll get there. Sorry. No, I'm you're good. Skipping ahead. Uh, I like before yeah. he did this, he said he's never done an interview ever. Yeah. This is all new to me. I'm sorry. Popping that if cherry right is, now. Wait. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, uh,
1: it's true. So, I told you it's just So yeah, currently I, I shoot a lot of portraits. Um, I typically like features on artists, musicians, creatives. Um, my main sort of bread and butter in New York is New York times. I've been shooting for them for about four or five years. Kind of, I definitely have, like, learned a lot about my craft and sort of what I like working on through assignments through them. Mm. Like, my first assignment ever was covering the New York City Marathon in 2014. Um, so, like, that was, like, a sports assignment. And right. for a while, I was kind of hopping around doing these different sports assignments. This was before I ever shot, like, a real portrait ever. And then, you know, a couple of years later, I ended up getting a, an assignment for the metro section of shooting a portrait of this guy at a they needed photos of this guy from a gas station. It was like a labor strike issue and, you know, ended up, you realize they're like, oh, I have to direct this. I have to like tell this guy where to go, where to stand, find the good light and I sort of did it, filed the photos and I don't know, someone noticed, there, noticed it there and were like, hey, you might have a knack for this and I started getting more of these portrait assignments and that's now kind of all I do. That's like, crazy. Yeah, it's it's been a kind of, because, So I went to, I basically moved out to New York in 2011 to go to school for photojournalism. So I kind of envisioned myself working on these like long, long long-term reportage stories where you're like looking for moments. You're kind of standing back and waiting for the action to unfold in front of you. Right, right, right. And so the idea of shooting portraits wasn't really even in my sort of, like brain at the you know it was yeah, like, like docu oh, style yeah, yeah yeah I was like I want to find moments like I don't want to direct like I want I want to see these like real life moments as they're happening and then you kind of realize like a part of that is sort of you can tell someone's reality through directing some a photograph of someone whether it's where you're placing them like what's around them like you know if photograph like a portrait in itself is a document because you're trying to sort of tell something about someone through you know. X, Y, and Z, like right. there's all these different factors that sort of go into it, but uh,
0: yeah. But My, when you were well, doing so the, when you did the marathon, so were you saying like the job was to get portraits of people that were no, there? No, no, no. So this this was like a full reportage assignment. So, which is kind of in line with what you thought you were going yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah, and, and I
1: I think I did a pretty good job. Like the next day in the paper, I had, you know, three th- full, uh, three column spreads, which is, you know, you basically, you open the paper, boom, boom. So. Yeah, I. That's i just, tight. Yeah, it was cool. It was exciting. Did you keep that shit? I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I I've tried to like hold on to, you know, like newspaper like tear sheets and stuff. Yeah. but After a while, they start after, getting.
0: When you start doing so many guys, well, yeah, you, know, you
1: shoot you shoot for a newspaper for four or five years, you end up having like a few hundred. days hundred yeah. So like after a while, I just. you look like a kinda, fucking hoarder. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I try to keep it minimal. Try to Marie Kondo. You know things out of yeah. my life if it's not bringing me joy it's fine i have the memories yeah um, that's true and digital, and digital. Shoots, yeah right makes sense which they send out now um yeah it's been a sort of actually my even before doing any of the time stuff which which is funny is uh, like back when i was living here i was shooting uh, should we go to this
0: sorry I'm we can't fucking fuck it. take it there Take so. me there. <laughs> I'll guide us after you spill yeah, your you, guts. You got us, because I'm... No, what were you going to say? So, before that, you yeah, wouldn't know. Yeah. So, I'd say
1: I kind of, like, learned more the technical aspect of photography, shooting concerts and, like, shows in L.A. And I used... Basically, like, around 2008, 2009, I got my first DSLR. My mom got it for me for my birthday. It was, like, a Rebel T1i, and I wanted... And it came with an 18-55 kit lens, but... I, you know I kind of came from the world of like shooting on fixed lenses you know just so pick a focal length and just stick with it so right. I ended up getting a 28 millimeter which was like a 50 that's all I shot on for three and a half years and basically I like, kind of learned how to shoot or shoot digitally at least um, just by reaching out to all these music blogs in LA because like my background like I'm like a music junkie it's right. I, I just take in a lot of music I'm constantly listening to I'm constantly like, researching bands like like very very was like into the indie scene in, you know, two thousand eight, two thousand nine and still I'm kinda on the prowl just for like the best new shit that comes out and right. just so I don't know, it was like an amazing opportunity to sort of be in that world and document. Were you getting
0: it. you were getting like they were li- letting you shoot for them? Like the blogs and shit? Yeah. I mean I wasn't getting paid though, that's the thing. Yeah, right. It was like But, but I was shoot. getting access.
1: Yeah. Which, you know, in photography, like and especially photojournalism, everything's about access. If mm-hmm. you if you can have access to a subject, you can Work that and turn that into three jobs. Yeah,
0: straight up. Um, it's crazy, right? Yeah. So we yeah, did, the, we did a, a me and Dave did a morning roast episode. We do like those on Wednesdays. Um, where we'll like deep dive into a topic or whatever. And I, the title was like how to turn one job into three or something like that. And it was just all about parlaying a absolutely. gig. Like you might get yeah, it might be a shitty rate, but that job could get you these three you jobs. You never know. Yeah, you got to keep
1: an open mind with these things and just yeah, just kind of say yes. So you
0: did a lot of, damn, that's crazy. I didn't know that. What, like, what blogs do you remember
1: who you were working One with? was called Beat Crave. Um, that was, like, the one that sort of, she she hired me, like, because, you know, I wasn't getting paid. But, yeah, um, yeah this this woman, Serafina, um, we met online. I forgot, I think I reached out to them. I was like, hey, like, I just want to take pictures. And like, this is, this is, I, I want to see shows. I want to take pictures. I want to look for moments. She's like, cool, like, and so like every weekend I'd be going out to like Echo Park and going out to the Echo and be like, okay, there's these shoot, shoot, shoots that I want to cover yeah. or these shows we want to cover um, to shoot them, send the photos the next day. And it was, you know, like an amazing sort of learning experience because it kind of got me outside of my, the bubble of, you know, just looking at your own photos. You all of a sudden have someone else looking through them and being like, cool, um, we like this, we right. don't like this, do more of this, like this isn't working. And sort of starts to like form yeah form a i don't know
0: a opinion or not opinions but you, it's just good critique it's like, yeah it's like critique. that's great yeah. Great, great, yeah. great critique and you can like kind of learn from that and then be like oh cool they really seem to gravitate towards this type of style maybe exactly. if i murder yeah. that yeah, then i can expand or whatever and oh. also shooting
1: with stage lights you start to realize what you want to see in the real world like what's because there's this Different qualities of light, you know, like something might be backlit, and you're like, "Oh man, I, I'm finding myself shooting a lot of backlit shots. Like, how can I sort of parlay that into like a shoot in the real world right. that doesn't have stage lights?" And this just sort of gets
0: your mind thinking about that's interesting lighting and so where it's to a, find it, it. it's kind of a good tip right out the gate because what you're talking about, how I feel like a super common question for up and coming yeah shooters are like, "How do I shoot shows?" And yours was just starting to like cold email. Yeah, people that may have access to the shows, which I don't know how that works now. I don't know if people care that blogs are reporting on their shows. I feel like they should, but I don't know how big blogs are. So I mean, consider
1: that this was two thousand nine. So this was before Instagram. So right, that's what I'm saying. Instagram sort of changed everything. Yeah. So you know, like you would learn about new music by going to certain music blogs, and that you know that was a there was probably a lot more traffic to those. Blogs back then, I think things have sort of been consolidated to like the few, you know, larger music blogs like Pitchfork, Fader, all those. But yeah, there used to be all these like small music blogs and that's, yeah, I don't know. I'd be curious to see kind of what, what's
0: changed with. Well, I think now almost every artist has someone that's creating content on the fly that's coming out consistently. Yeah. Back then it would be like, maybe they weren't, maybe... There would never i don't know if they'd ever with like a rapper i don't think they were just having just a photographer on tour cuz i feel like they all just wanted to show the glamorous life of what it is your yeah. video totally. and i remember video blogs coming out and then photography being like the thumbnail yeah that would be sort of secondary right like a second that'd be a local shooter or someone but like complex now or whoever name any person like that they're just like regurgitating content that we create for the artists and then just posting it like oh cool andrew got a dope shot of jay or whatever at this show and they will use that and then they're just crediting you right away they're not having i don't think they're having to like pay a middleman anymore yeah as often as they used to because it's way more accessible and cell phones have become now they're literally just posting someone's like i just saw a video of asap rocky today and it was like he was on stage and someone took his shoe and it's like don't take a don't take a shoe because then he like went back and like was dig, trying to get it out of Wait, the someone car. took it. it took his shoe off Sh- what like it was like a really small stage and he was okay, just chilling okay. and I guess they grabbed up and grabbed his no shoe way. and then they took it and he like went and got it and then he was just mad the rest of the time like looking at the guy like telling him to come on stage but he like got on the ground and crawled away but the whole (laughs) the whole video came from a fan that was in in the crowd and it credits the guy for like video credit but he's not he's just a fan he's probably not a video creator or whatever he just happened to catch the moment i mean that's the world we live in now that's how things get covered like
1: even big news stories like it's often yeah someone's like cell phone video right it's like boom like eyes on the ground like Mm. this is how it happened yeah um and yeah you can even like just the way algorithms now you can just find out like what happened through a hashtag just immediately like
0: searching through it. Yeah. It's it kind of makes it tough when you're on tour working yeah. for someone or even at a show or a festival. Like we were just talking about when we were eating lunch, but it's like you're competing against everyone else's cell phone yep. to try to get like a fire piece. Like you could take a, a moment from whatever event and you might have the most HD artistic version of what, People see actually on the internet like yeah. i hated seeing that where i'm like oh cool i caught this one dope moment and then everyone's sharing the fans point of view that's like grimy ass cell phone footage and it's just totally. like the same exact thing but it's already been shared out so no one's going to reshare the ill version because they kind of already seen it you know what i mean no one yeah, really cares. that's the sad part
1: it's i mean so and crazy. that's the challenge and that's kind of the cool part is you're like okay i have you know the tens of thousands of people like essentially trying to take this iconic shot like how can i Beat do, that. How can I do something more conceptual, better, just more interesting? And yeah, I don't know. You sort of like monopods. Monopods, <laughs> exactly.
0: No just one's just get the in their way, literally. Uh, yeah, that's that's a really interesting thing. I, I bet it would be kind of fun to shoot for like Dave Chappelle when he does those shows where he takes everyone's cell phones away. Oh, he does that. Huh? He like takes like a plastic. I, he doesn't take your phone, but you put your phone in this bag yeah. that they created, and it like. You cannot unlock it unless, like, a person does it for you. Got it. So no one can film his sets and post it early, which is cool. That's cool. I wish there was more of that. That'd be kind of hard in in, a show.
1: Oh, yeah. If you're doing, like, a Beyonce show with, like, 80,000 people, how do do you organize... Yeah, how do you store 80,000 phones? You
0: don't store it. You give, So they put it in a bag. You keep your phone. like, oh. it, And it, you can see what's on your phone, but you can't swipe or do anything. So that you wouldn't be able to open up and record. Got it. And then if you needed to, you'd have to go to like an escort. And they would like beep and unlock it for okay. you like if there was an emergency or whatever. Sure. But you'd have to leave the venue. So it's like set up so that these people can go do these practice runs and then do their special on HBO and not have their special completely fucked because it's on the internet already, which Makes is sense. sick. Yeah, that is sick which it would be so tight because then you're literally every photo you have or video from that show is like one of one, even though there's 80,000 people that could have caught it too. It would would change the experience of the show itself because
1: you're not looking through your phone, which is like such a bummer now. Like I, it's such a difference. Like even like if you go watch like old rock concerts and stuff, like
0: Bohemian Rhapsody the, exactly. the movie I was just is thinking, so incredible
1: w- watch the original Live Aid performance and it's insane like he it, just everyone is under his control yeah. and just completely present and now it's like you know there's we're literally like looking through
0: a screen at the show and it, there's just, just this like crazy disconnect and people are just like like yeah man it's fucking crazy it was always such a bummer to see I don't remember who said it and then I started like being like alright cool that's accept- acceptable I think it might have been Robin he's like if I'm walking through the pit and I want to step up on the riser to get a shot where I'm like a little bit higher, but I have to obviously clearly stand in front of a fan. He's yeah. like, I'll do it to the people that are on their phone, but I will not do it. If it's someone that's not on their phone, and they're enjoying the show. Absolutely. He'll be like fuck your yeah. phone. I'm going to get a better shot anyway. And I don't, you're like not even paying attention to this. Yeah. Shit. Like half the people there just wanting content for their <laughs> yeah. stories, which I get it. Like I'll go in, I, I like to go in and be like, Oh cool. Hey, I came here or definitely I made it to the shit like, I'm, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. So i don't know for, for to validate that i made it i guess i don't know why i do it but <laughs> then try to enjoy the fucking show like i hated w- walking through the crowd and how many people are they're texting and shit they're not even like fucking f- they they might have i bet what triggered them to text was because they filmed an instagram video and then they saw they had like five missed yeah. texts and it was like you're at the show and b's like right in front of them and they're, they don't even know <laughs> so oh I'm man sure that I, that.
1: I saw that so many times during the shows where like you know, she'd walk through and, you know, Bee's very conscious of the crowd and, you know, is, no, no, excuse me, she looks for people who aren't on their phones and like often like will put her hand out or just yeah. like exchange a smile. And it's like, if you're on your phone, like you're not going to get that you're missing out. It's so two, it's two like, hours to just live
0: in the just world. Just live in there. Get off your it's phone like, for two hours. <laughs> I don't, when was the last I mean, time you got on your phone at a movie theater? oh my god imagine <laughs> like that's crazy. that's what yeah, the reality that, is like why are we okay with not utilizing our phones there and i get it like sometimes you have work or sometimes some shit happens like totally. you gotta do it that's fine but like i'm not filming the screen the whole time <laughs> like i might be like oh i came to support this film like before it, sure, it starts for sure. and then i never see my phone again yeah but like that's i don't know it's interesting anyway ran random tangent yeah, sorry um <laughs> It's uh It started in California. Yes. You started doing photography when your was that when your mom gave you that camera, or just when your dad started like putting just, it in your. W- you just I always grew up had around it. cameras. My yeah. dad was
1: a photographer. He he shot a lot of like stock photography back like in the eighties and nineties when that was a thing. You know, like shooting shooting images for like a textbook. He, right. He shot a lot of photos for like educational textbooks in the nineties, which. My brother and I are actually like in a bunch because he would just That's so tight. cast us and our friends. Like I broke my leg when I was 10 years old. So for one of the shoots, they're like, oh, we need a photo of a kid getting his cast removed. He's like, sick. I'm gonna like turn <laughs> that into a hustle. That's and so tight. So there's like a photo of me getting
0: like a real cast removed. And you know, we, yeah, you just sort of finesse that. That's such an interesting, you don't even think about it. Like I know people do do try to get like stock footage sold now mm-hmm. and whatever, but you forget that. Like, all of your biochem books and shit are, like, yeah. people's jobs. Those are totally. someone's jobs that like, capture all that shit. That's yeah. super interesting. And those
1: used to be mostly commissioned shoots. And now, you know, with Google Images, you can basically license any photo off the internet. Or, right. you know, there's, I don't know the name of the stock agencies. But it's, yeah, the whole, that whole sort of business model changed. Right. So does he still do it or no? No, no. He's, my dad's, like, 73 he, or 72. He just... He chills. He, my dad's a trip. He's got all these different things going. He's got his hands in all these different pockets. He's tight. Yeah, kind of based my like career path very much on sort of the way he he did his whole career. Like never, never stayed doing like the same thing too long.
0: Right, which is cool. Yeah, I've always respected that. So did, so were you like ever i don't know going with him when he did those stock shoots or whatever or like when yeah yeah, for sure well often they
1: would be happening at local businesses around santa monica and often he would have me be like hey i need like You know, and would describe this sort of like people he was looking for. I'm like, oh yeah, you can use like my friends friends and I. Yeah, be like, cool. I'll give you like ten bucks.
0: Like, (laughs) tight. Yeah, that's fucking dope. He's a shrewd. I'll give you ten dollars and keep your fucking roof over your head. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, that's cool. But I got more back
1: into it in high school. You know, I did two years of like black and white photo class, but you know, it's like I didn't shoot anything of, of substance. You know, everyone when you're like in high school, you're I don't know. For me, at least, like my, I felt like I was like living in this bubble, so like I didn't really know what to point my camera at. Right. So it's like I was taking pictures of like details of cars and streets, and you know, just yeah, like yeah. typical, just low hanging fruit, right? As far as like photo stuff, but it, I do miss um, working in a black uh, dark room. Yeah. Like enlarging prints because that's just like this very meditative process where you're like, I don't know, you're creating something mm. out of light and. know silver which is i've never done it it's cool i if you ever get an opportunity to like i don't know do like a workshop or something or print your own film or develop your own film it's just it's a very like hands-on process Mm. i'd say in the digital world now it's a bit antiquated but it's not antiquated but it, it it's many extra steps of work for you know i'm sure i'll catch some heat for this but you know it's like more or less like the same product you know? yeah I, I think there is a sort of special aspect to film like if you shoot something on film there is something more tangible to it mm-hmm. um i just don't have the patience anymore to yeah it's a lot of work yeah and I, I, I like shooting a lot i like experimenting it's it's a bit harder to sort of yield those sort of experimental digital results right. on film because you know, only have like 36 exposures to get it right yeah but i respect the hell out of anyone who shoots film. And
0: did you and your dad, like did you guys bond over the fact that you were kind of into photography or?
1: Yeah, for sure. He Was, was he helping
0: you a lot at all? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It just kind of coach. Well,
1: it wasn't, it, it was more once I like started shooting assignments that he took me a little more serious and was like, oh, this is like something you're actually doing and making money at right. and cool. Wh- um, which
0: started when? The earliest time you thought, can you remember first when you started making money doing photography?
1: Probably once, like, I maybe did a few, like, behind-the-scenes, like, music video shoots in L.A., but, you know, it was, like, making, like, 100 bucks a day or something. Yeah. So, and, you know, which I was stoked at the time. Like,
0: I, someone's paying me to take photos. This is insane. And you're, like, in the element of a, an artist that's yeah, probably yeah, a, a yeah. fan of or some shit. Exactly. Who are you, do you remember any of those?
1: <laughs> um, I shot some behind-the-scenes stuff of this band, Princeton, who was... They were an indie band out of... A, like Echo Park, Silver Lake, you know, mm. Eastside, maybe around 2010, 2009. Um, and a couple of whom, like, well, I randomly went to high school with and didn't realize that. Like, once we got there, but that's that's crazy. Yeah, it's just random some California shit. Yeah, some California shit. Right.
0: So then you start doing that, you're kind of falling in love with it or whatever. Musically driven photo content, almost. Yeah. Well, so the stuff I was mostly shooting were.
1: So I was doing that as a sort of like side hustle, but what I was really shooting and trying to create a body of work was, was just sh- shooting my friends. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I come from skateboarding. It's something I've been doing since. And you're fucking good at skateboarding.
0: <laughs> I'm all right. I'm not as good as Robin. <laughs> but yeah, Robin's fucking. Robin v- rips. Freaky as fuck. But I didn't know you guys and Julian. Like, Julian for rips, For some dude. reason, fuck. everyone on our bus was actually like really. And I skated. Derek Milton. Derek sk- rips. Derek's fucking crazy. Yeah, like he's gnarly. He was like pro. He, he was at I think that he level was pro for sure. or something he showed me some tape and i was like holy shit that's so crazy. Yeah, super good style anyway yeah sorry go on so come from that background come from that background it's
1: sort of the community i've surrounded myself around since basically high school yeah um so what's the scene what's the let, skate me, let scene me give here? you a little background info just to yeah, sort yeah. of transition to like 2010
0: so I, grad- I put this in this fucking black one no okay yeah, cup. yeah I it like a poser <laughs> god damn it
1: go on so after high school didn't didn't go to college um my dream was to work in the skateboard industry so through one of my buddies jesse i ended up getting essentially like a production assistant role at this company called dwindle distribution which is out of el segundo and is the home to at the time like several skate brands mm. like almost enjoy blind world industries dark star and they were also in the same building as Globe Shoes, so that was like at 19. I'm like, this That's is crazy. This is what I, where I want to work. These are like the people I want to be around. This is the culture. Like I, I just eat and breathe, eat, drink and breathe every day. Like this is. And you were doing what there? So I came in as a production assistant for the video department. So like Sorry. they had me like helping with their like organizing old archives and stuff, and you know I. I was like 19 I was like the youngest one there at the company and eventually like I basically like, taught myself how to well I learned how to edit video you know under the instruction of yeah. several people I was working with this guy Socrates who's like a legend in the skate film uh, the skateboarding world he's like cut you know shot some of the most iconic like skateboarding in the early yeah. to mid 90s and you know he's just like yeah this is how you cut video man it's pretty easy and it's just like this yeah yeah and so sort of through that uh, it's you know I think I ended up working there for like four years so like those were kind of my college years were you at that time you were skating heavily as well yeah I'd skate every day on my lunch break like everyone of most people at the company like had some sort of connection to skateboarding whether like they just used to skate still skated watch skateboarding so you know you ended up you know getting a work crew there and we you know, all skate and shit.
0: But did you ever see yourself at that time? Like when you're getting this job, did you think like, Oh, I could be a professional skateboarder? No, you knew?
1: I, I, I knew from pretty early on. I, I didn't have what it took to be a pro. Um, I'm just clumsy as fuck. I'm Exactly. I'm clumsy <laughs> as fuck. I'm not coordinated and we we'll, we'll, we should get on the whole like injury. I have, Jesus I have Christ. So many injuries I can talk about, but yeah, from early on, <laughs> I just saw where I stood compared to like the rest of my peers, the rest of skateboarding. Like I have a cousin who's like a legendary pro skateboarder, Jeremy Ray. That's tight. Yeah, he's like huge in the mid 90s. He's like God level. That's crazy. So like I I saw where I was, you know, at age 19 where, you know, if you're going to be pro, you're going to be doing a certain, certain tricks at a certain level and I was just like not there. So it's fine. Yeah, Um, totally. So, you know, the next best best thing for that is working in the industry. Hell yeah. And sort of through that, you know, I learned how to shoot and edit video. I got to go on a few international trips, like I went to China for a week to damn made a whole video about like their dwindle's work woodshop out there like it was, it was pretty trippy. I was like there when I was like 21. I was like, this is insane. So you were filming and editing at that point? Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly. So yeah. So made, you know, made like a seven minute video that they were like shown at sales meetings. I was right, like, right. Well, like got to like see the whole process of how a skateboard's made. Damn. And this was like pre, I think I shot that on a Panasonic DVX. Right. And that was like when 24P came out. Yep. Everyone's like, oh my god you can make things look like film and yeah everyone was like cranking the white balance to make everything like orange
0: that's so funny it was, it was a funny era is that of, online yeah yeah it's online somewhere okay I can probably pull we'll find it it yeah. goes find that shit um so that's fucking nuts were you were you ever shooting skate videos so or is that like another the, person's yeah. job
1: i've like shot a few skate tricks of other people but you know there's that is a specific skill set of like rolling fisheye. Patience. I was never good at it. And I'm also like, my body type, I'm like tall, short torso and long legs. It just, it's not good for like leaning down, trying to get those angles. I just, and I never really shot photos of skateboarding too. I was more kind of fascinated with like the in-between moments, the sort of just, I don't know, these sort of archetypal moments that happen during our youth, that sort of—I don't know—they're indicative of like things to come, and right. yeah, I don't know. I was always looking to sort of get something that sort of felt that way.
0: Were you going to shows too at the same time? Did was that so something mixed in with your scene?
1: This was no. The shows kind of happened after I got laid off from Dwindle, and so around 2006, this revolutionary website called YouTube comes out, and prior to that, a big part of this, a big portion of revenue from the skate industry wasn't from board sales, it was from skate videos. Mm. So, you know, the kind of very dumbed down version of the way it works is, you know, have a skateboard team, they tour, go out and film video parts. In the end, you know, everyone, and it used to be people would spend like one, two, three years filming for a part, obviously due to Instagram and just the proliferation of video that it's just smaller. Right. But, you know, people like spend years working on a video part, company would release the video, sell to skate shops, those shops. And that's like how you got to know a team and sort of connect with the riders on there and figure out like who your favorite skater is, is through watching these videos. So once YouTube came out, it sort of rocked that whole, whole business model because all of a sudden now things were getting uploaded online. You didn't really have to go to a skate shop to buy a VHS tape because you could just download it. Yeah. So, Dwindle basically dwindled down their video (laughs) team from, I think it was, like, nine or ten full-time people to, like, two. Shit. And so, yeah, I got laid off, kind of had to re-evaluate, like, what I was doing with my life. Uh, And all of a sudden, working in skateboarding didn't seem, you know, like, I felt like I kind of, like, hit the ceiling with that. I'm like, okay, like, I've already gotten to travel around. I've gotten to, like, just be in that world. Now what? Um, So... Also around the same time, the financial collapse happened. So, you know, it was like 2006 through 2009 were like a pretty weird time, especially in L.A. Um, So I was just sort of bouncing around. And around that time uh, when I was shooting that, um, so I shot some behind the scenes photos for this band Princeton. Those photos ended up going on a website called Love Brian, which was a website ran by this photographer, Brian Durbala, who... I didn't know at the time, um, but as soon as I sort of discovered this website, it, it was basically a outlet for, f- I wouldn't even say photographers, it was like a group of friends who like were all, you know, close homies, lived in different places, it was an outlet for them to just make sort of fo- photo essays and share those online. And, you know, you'd go through and... <coughs> his, if, his site was. His site was. So it was like yeah. Tumblr. Yeah, it was like a Tumblr before Tumblr. Right. Like this was all like pre any of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it sort of that introduced me to a certain sort of brand of photography. And like then I sort of learned about this idea of like personal narrative. And it's based like storytelling through photos. It's like right. the sort of essence of documentary, essence of photojournalism. So it, it was one of these things where like I found this site and felt emotionally affected by the photos I was looking at. And, you know, he did, like, a guest post with my photos. He's like, hey, man, I'm Brian, blah, blah, blah. Like, you are friends with Alex Klein. Um, Yeah, like, these photos look sick. We're going to do this thing. Like, here's a little write-up, yada, yada, yada. Shortly after, I followed up and kind of was like, I see you you make a living shooting photos. Like, what's that about? (laughs) Because prior to that, I didn't really think people... Like, I thought it was just sort of all these, like, running gun shoots like my dad was doing, where you're, like, you're just staging some like doctor's office visit. Like I didn't really see the bigger picture of for one, like photojournalism, but you know, all the different applications, fine art photography, commercial photography, editorial. Like there's all these different like branches of it that, you know, I eventually learned about. But so I write Brian this like pretty brief email and he like sends me back like a long like seven-page thing, just like being like, hey man, like that's so cool. You're interested in doing this. Here and basically like outlined it for me. Be like, these are the different types of photographers. Like, damn. I remember him. Yeah, it was like commercial photography. I, I remember the quotes he was saying. He's like, photojournalism will feed your soul, not not much else. Fine art photography will get you girls. Commercial <laughs> photography, you'll make a shit ton of money, but probably not be stoked on what you're shooting. Uh, and just, damn. like, Yeah, it was it was kind of eye opening. I was like, holy shit, this is like, this is crazy. And he suggested to get out of LA. He's like, look, you're like in a vacuum out there. You're from out there. You need to like, well, without saying so, he's like, you should probably move to New York where the publishing industry is, all the magazines are, agencies are here. Just like, it's a new place to explore. So he turned me onto this program called, or not program, he turned me onto a school called the International Center of Photography, which does a like year long documentary photojournalism program. and was like, look, put together a body of work. Shoot what's around you. Shoot your friends. Like you, like you're a skateboarder. Like you're around like interesting people. Like make use of that. You have access. So I just yeah started shooting my I friends. I love that
0: you have access. Like yeah, that sentence is so key,
1: dude. Totally. <laughs> and it's like once you realize it, you're like, oh, like uh, you have a certain privilege, and you don't want to necessarily like squander you know said access. So you're like, okay, sick. I'm gonna like shoot this. So. I basically, you know, like my group of friends who I'm still close with, like 99% of them, were all these kind of early mid-twenties skateboarders trying to get by in the world. And I just kind of pointed the camera at that, put together an edit of photos after a while. You know, that was my like sort of- Resume thing? Yeah, that was submission. like my portfolio. I submitted along with like an artist statement, which I had never done in my life. and just was like, what, like, what, what do I even talk about? Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Applied, ended up getting in, moved to New York. That's so crazy. that This
0: comes from one dude's email.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a trip. And yeah, it like, what did your family it, think? My mom was like, not, she's like, why, why are you going to move to New York? You live in LA. Like, what's the point? And I was like, I I don't know. I've lived in LA for 25 years. Like, yeah. It's time to do something new. But you know, once I sort of, we like made a trip out there. We went to check out the school. She like met met a couple of people who I'd, who Brian had set me up with. Um, this guy Philip Montgomery, who you met in Berlin. He's like mm. one of my best friends. Like Phil Phil and I grabbed coffee first time meeting him. He had gone to the school and just was like, "Yeah, like th- here's the deal. I went there two years ago. Here's
0: what I learned. Here's what I didn't learn." And I was like, okay, I think I should do it. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, it's a true. You're about to go meet that fucking dude in Berlin again, like a week or so. Yeah, yeah. That's so tight. Next week. Love that city. That's crazy. Um, that's so. Du- I mean, that's the power of mentorship. I mean, low absolutely. key, like that guy was.
1: Yeah, mentor. Brian. Brian's one of my best friends too. Like we live like four blocks from each other. The we... guy
0: from the magazine, from the yeah, website. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. I yeah. thought that was just a random one-time email. No, thing. No, no, then... no, man. He's wow, like, wow, that's he's, sick. That's
1: my dude. So what we yeah, we go on trips all the time. I've probably been to like 8 or 9 countries with them just Jesus. hanging out. Went to Jamaica
0: a couple of months ago, just chilled, living. Yeah. So what was just so I to understand his website. Okay. He how did he get notoriety to have an audience? What did he do? So Brian's always been very
1: community oriented and I think he just saw among his own friends that each of them are very creative and interesting people on the, on their own. And so... So he was documenting the, that. So, well, no, he was just shooting his own life. That was just one channel. So he had probably like six or seven people <laughs> producing photos for it. And it was just everyone just shooting their own lives. Um, his friends all so capturing. I got you. The, the way I believe the story went, him and a group of friends, they all lived in San Francisco. They all went to college out there. Um, after X amount of years, they every like some people moved to new york some people moved to california some stayed in the bay someone elsewhere and he in order in a way to sort of keep everyone connected he created this website so that's fucking tight you know people could like just share what's going on in their own lives and it grew. um from different places and yeah it was cool it was like and i remember just i would nerd out on that site and i'd be like oh and like it's funny because like i ended up becoming friends with like a bunch of people who I knew their photos way before I knew them. Like Weird. My friend Danilo um, Paro, who's a like super talented filmmaker, he was like, um, he would do posts on there. Uh, my friend Alan Ying, I think he had a few guest posts. He's like rad skate photographer. And you know, this is like now a big part of my community out in New York, it's right. like these people who I've just kind of was nerding out on their stuff. Does he still have the website? He does have the website. I don't think it's very active anymore. Right. (coughs) Um, Because Instagram sort of, you know, you didn't... Now you don't like have to go to a specific
0: website to sort of tune in yeah. to like what people are going on. You just like open your phone. I love watching. Um, I follow the Shade Room, and it's fucking hilarious because they'll post like a story, and like they'll start writing like what happened, yeah. and just in the middle of the sentence, they're like, the rest of the story is here, link in bio. And I'm like, <laughs> what the? F-? It's maybe one more paragraph that you have to go to the website to read. It. I'm like, they you want those s- clicks. They do want those fucking clicks. Yeah, that's tight as fuck. That's crazy. That's super crazy.
1: Oh yeah, and I forgot to mention. All during this time, I, I did create a Tumblr and was sort of like doing my own sort of short form, form version of it. And yeah. Looking back, it, it 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 feels underdeveloped, but you know it was like all part of the process. Hell yeah, yeah. It was so fun.
0: so you make the move, you go out there, you do it, you commit, you do the school for a year. It's a year a program. for a year, twenty eleven through twenty twelve. And like, what do you? What are you like? As far as investing into that, because it's a, I'm a, I don't know it was a year program pretty expensive?
1: Yeah, it was I was like trying to go
0: to a film school. Thirty and was, grand, I think. Thirty grand, and then
1: you know living <coughs> expenses in New York. Um, I lived as cheaply as I could. I think I was living off like fifteen hundred bucks a month, <sighs> like including rent and everything. Yeah. So it was like that's kind of like when I discovered cooking, which like I'm now like super nerd out on cooking. Yeah, but It was right. like more of these, this like having to do it. Yeah, because you're like, well, I can't afford to eat out. So yeah, so I'm making rice and beans
0: this whole week. Hell yeah. So were you, um, what would you say, what are three takeaways that you got from going to school? And then what, what would you say is like, I don't know if you had to do it again, what would you have hoped to to have gained out of school? Um, the takeaways from school. One thing that
1: really, it sort of opened my eyes to how much work has been done already. Like how like there's been so much amazing photography produced since the dawn of photography. Mm So you're just sort of absorbing work. You know, it's like listening to a lot of music where you're just like, you, you're seeing what's been done. You're seeing how they've done it. And then you can sort of inform your own choices on like your approach to a subject. Right. So that, that was one thing, you know, really like kind of pulled me out of this like vacuum I was living in where I'm like, you know, it yeah, I don't know. You just like learn the history of everything. And yeah, that's so really important to have context because if you don't things can be problematic. You know, like you need to just have a good education of and also like the ethics of photojournalism. Like there are rules to it. You know, you can't stage stuff like unless like it's clearly a portrait. Like you can't right. like if I was like shooting a moment, you know, I can't like pull a coffee cup away. You know, like you can't abstract reality more than you already are by being there.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, so like, you know, when going to like newspaper world, I I felt like, okay, like I understand the rights and wrongs of this. Right. Um, If I were to do it again, I would have shot more portraits. I would have like kind of tried to be less stubborn and because all I wanted to do was like look for moments and that's hard. You have to spend so much extra time just like hanging around and I wish I would have just in these situations, like I ended up, so, when you're at, uh, brain fart. Um, One year at what? So, part of the program is you have to do a project, like a documentary project sure. as you're going, and um, it took me a while to figure out what to do. I ended up doing mine on this neighborhood called Brownsville, which is out in Brooklyn. Uh, it's like the highest concentration of housing projects and in, in the United States, it's just like, it's the hood, it's right. the hood of Brooklyn, it's <clears throat> gentrification probably won't ever go out as far as there, but who knows, it might, so I, I wanted to do a sort of like portrait of the neighborhood by just hanging out there and what was, what I did get out of that, you know, I just, I spent time with like all these like kids and older people and just like, People live there off the street and just like would be like, "Hey, can I like hang out with you?" And I, I'd spent like days out there just chilling, chilling. And it was sketchy because <laughs> like that's that's like the highest murder rate in New York City is yeah. like in that like one mile square foot sort of area. But what kind of gear would you bring with you? And did the school provide you with cameras? Yeah, or yeah. They had school? like rentals there, so I was like shooting on a five D Mark II, which was like yeah legendary the new shit. The at the time and you know like had all like the prime L lenses so I was like sick I'm stoked um was mostly shooting natural light then I didn't really get into shooting with flash right until a couple years after school but uh I, my my approach honestly like when I first started showing up there was like I just went with my skateboard and was just like rolling around and that's always sort of been like the hood pass yeah and just like we're in any city if you like like people are down with skateboarding for the most part. You're like, oh, sick. You're like out here. You're you're having fun. You're exploring. Right. Yeah, we're we're down with that. So that sort of helped with the access. Mm. Um, But going back to like what I wish I had done, I wish I had sort of thought a little more conceptually into it and shot portraits, which, you know, everything I shot on that was just sort of like these moments
0: as they were happening and kind of yielded a different result. But, yeah, I'd probably do it differently yeah man. that's interesting yeah and i love to watching like i learned a lot from just watching you try to get portraits during the show like you he, mm-hmm. he was a master at setting up scenes to specifically capture portraits of like jrb or, or even <laughs> even the dancing and yeah, the yeah. band members and everything like that but like I remember one specific shot you would try to get of Jay, I think it was underneath the stage or something, but Mm -hmm. you like went and got the right light grips so that you could like hang your lights from the bars of the stage and like position it. And then I would stand in for you before the show so you could try to find like a mark to get Jay to go to.
1: Set up a camera trap.
0: And you're trying to do it like Jay's got to be from here to here in 20 seconds. And you're trying to get him just to give you a look real quick, snap off a shot, and then hope that you got it. And Man. he went for this one photo, like th- <laughs> how many shows in a row? Dude, like, probably
1: like five shows to get this one moment, and eventually it happened. I
0: was like, cool, I can move on now. Yeah. Can, like... But five shows is one show every like two or three days. So he's thinking about this for like almost three weeks straight, <laughs> trying to get the one shot and he was it's like, uh. <laughs> and they look cool to me, but to, in his mind there's like something he needed to perfect yeah. every time. Everything's got to kind of come together in this yeah. one frame. But it was cool to watch it. Like I learned a lot about the way you would like structure shit and try to fire off your shots and stuff like that. But so then you go, okay, cool. So boom, you finished school, Finish school. What do you, do they teach you anything about finding jobs or was it just yes more about and the no. art? Um, I wish they had kind of gone
1: more into how to shoot an assignment. Like we had a couple workshops on that. Like basically, like, you know, any assignment to cover, like they for one example, they did have us go shoot a small business. So like you go find a small business to sort of profile and there there's essentially like a checklist that you eventually it just kind of becomes second nature but you know you need to see the place like right. a scene, scene setter you need to who are the characters in this place? Portraits of the people like what are some details that make the place interesting and you're just like looking for like interesting quirky objects or signage on the wall and I don't know like we would do sort of exercises like that but I mean I didn't really learn how to shoot an assignment until it was like on the job right? you know <coughs> like making pictures and then getting feedback from that or be like, why didn't you shoot? Like my first, so I have a funny story. Actually, I don't know if I can tell it. Run it, bro. Fuck <laughs> okay. it. Right, all right, fuck it. Let it, um, let it live forever. So my first newspaper assignment ever was for the Wall Street Journal. Um, they used to have this section called Greater New York, which was sort of like stories from the five boroughs of New York, whether, you know, it's like a real estate story, a culture story, but it was all like New York City based. Right. I get a call, they're like, okay, you're gonna be shooting shooting this woman who's a real estate agent. She lives in this gorgeous apartment in Central Park West. Like, didn't really give me specific directions on like whether it was a portrait, but they were like, We need photos of this woman in her place. I'm like, cool. So they schedule it for the day after Thanksgiving. Um the prior night to on Thanksgiving itself, um, this was maybe my second or third New York Sorry, second or third Thanksgiving in New York didn't really have like a big social group there So I ended up going to a restaurant with some family friends who were in from out of town um, a Couple of those so they had kids that I grew up with Gabe and Mia. We ended up like hanging out after We had a dinner um, long story short. I got food poisoning that night um, Probably from eating some cookie dough from a bodega <laughs> Okay. which was not smart. I just, you know, I have a crazy sweet tooth. So at the yeah. end of the night, I was like, I'm going to get some cookie dough. Yeah. You know, I'm like 25 at the time. Like it's okay. My body can handle it. Get violently ill overnight. Is that a thing? People get sick from cookie dough? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I get yeah. Cookie dough. It's either cause, well, I've heard two reasons. It's either cause the egg in it or it's because of the unpasteurized flour because mm. flour itself can contain yeah. microbes that can fuck you up, do, do damage. So you um, got sick. I got sick. Uh, Next morning, I'm just like, I'm, I'm wrecked. I'm like, not a good situation. Uh, the shoot was near Central Park. Um, so, you know, here's Manhattan. I'm like, okay, here's my plan. I'm gonna go up to ICP, which is on 43rd and six. I'm like, chill out there. They have a bathroom that's, like, my midtown, like.
0: Shitty <laughs> spot? <laughs> yeah, like,
1: and that's the thing. Like, living in New York, after yeah. a while, like, you, you, you get your bathroom spots that's down. That's hilarious
0: like, to think about.
1: Yeah, you got to know, like, there's, like, I have my spots in Soho. I have my spots in, like, Williamsburg. You just, you, you get a mental map of, like, where to take a dump if right. you have to. Smart. Smooth. So. That should be an app, bro. I've, yeah, I've, I've already. Tight. I, I, I want to do it. Um, me and my brother have come shit up with stop.
0: some Ooh, I wanna, Shit, shit stop. stop. I was going to call it plop. Plop is funny as fuck, like too. Yelp. And then every time, like, a new one pops up, it's just like... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like Airbnb for bathrooms. So good. Yeah. All right, go on. No um, one take that idea or I'll fucking yeah, kill you. I'll
1: fucking kill you guys. Yeah. All right, continue. <laughs> so, you know, I get I get to ICP, my stomach... And what is ICP? International Center of Photography. Oh, oh just right, right, right. Whenever I say ICP from now on, I'm not it. talking about the posse, talking Got about it. the school. What I didn't... Uh, Really anticipate was that the school would be closed because it's after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So I arrived there about an hour before the shoot and I'm just like, oh shit, like it's happening. Like, you go find a bathroom,
0: oh, doors God. locked. Oh no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> Wandering in Times Square, I end up like going to some like, it was like one of those like old school Irish pubs walking past the hostess, you know, like definitely not being slick about it, but just going to the bathroom and <laughs> throwing up, shitting. It was pretty terrible. So that happens, and I'm like, okay, I'm good. I think I'm good. So I show up to this woman's, like, giant, beautiful Central Park West apartment, and, like, maybe 10 minutes into shooting, I'm like, oh, God, like, this is happening. And it just threw my whole day off, because I didn't, like, at the end of the shoot, I didn't have a single portrait of her. I just was basically like, oh, just, like, do what you normally would do as you're working so like i have like hundreds of shots of like just some woman at a laptop and it was just I, my head was not in the game because i was I had the shit really dying f- from my inside so uh, yeah i ended up desecrating her poor bathroom um
0: <laughs> sorry <laughs> do you ever see this i wish lady? that it, it probably would have made your day so much better if like if we i don't know if that wasn't so weird like if it wasn't weird for you to feel uncomfortable asking someone if you could just take a massive shit in their bathroom because your stomach is fucked from the food you ate the night before, and if you could just get it out of the way now, oh yeah, the rest oh, of the day I would take. Dude, if this was now, I would just be like, hey, I need to use your restroom. <laughs> I don't feel great.
1: I'm sorry. Here's some Palo Santo. Like, right, please, whatever. Let's shoot some portraits. Right, and,
0: like, so you missed a shot, dude. Basically. I basically. Totally missed it and uh, it So what just, happens? Do do the does the newspaper like get angry with you? Yeah, my editor was like,
1: There's not a single shot of her looking at the camera. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> and they ended up finding like an outtake where they basically cropped in from like a super wide photo to like, you know, just mm-hmm. you know, this woman smiling and it was fine. They didn't really hire me after that, but Damn. It's okay. You know, it was, it you was never told them what the deal was? no I was so embarrassed <laughs> Shit. yeah that's tough yeah it was it was pretty bad but you know that was my that was my first and um, I think I shot maybe for them like two more times but um I'm I'm
0: more on the New York Times right that, those those are my people you that's know right. like you got to choose pick a side that's true yeah. I didn't understand how competitive that was until my friend got wounded in Afghanistan and then um, oh, wow his story got super popular on the internet and everyone wanted us to be on their show or whatever. So I would did all of his, like I handled all of that shit. So yeah. ran his website, did all that stuff for him and to raise some money and shit. And we had to pick like the today show or good morning America. And I remember talking to both of them like, Hey, yeah, cool. We're going to be out in New York. Uh, and we went with the today show. Okay. And then I hit good morning America. Like, Hey, we'll be out there. If you guys want us to come on, they're like, just never even responded anymore. Well, t- we love this story. We want to have you guys. And as soon as they heard that we were with the competitor, they're like, "No, fuck you! Like, we don't need that." Just, yeah, they don't want to. It's over with. Yeah. And then what was That's even crazy. crazier is when we were going. So he was he recovered in D.C. That's like uh-huh. where the um, wounded vet hospital mm-hmm. is for IED explosions and shit. So. We took a train. They, they booked us a train or whatever to New York. We took the train. But they sent someone to us to like okay. meet us in D.C. And then she just like rode with us, which we thought was kind of fucking weird because it was like...
1: It was she we a reporter? Or? No,
0: she was just chilling. Okay. She works with Today Show. So they take us up there. First class, train ride. I don't know if there's anything besides that. <laughs> and, but like we had food and drinks, whatever. It was cool. cool. And up. then we get to New York and they just like give us a fucking tab. They flew out all, all the homies, like did all this shit. But this the girl was with us the whole time. Yeah. And then she took like by the time we left the bar we split she met us in the morning took us to the today show and then she like parted ways and i'm like what the fuck is up with that and then basically she said that her job was to make sure that we were completely happy because they don't pay you to be on those things no yeah but she wanted us to be happy so like we we're she's like what do you guys want to eat tonight we we're like mexican sounds good she booked us the fucking illest mexican spot gave us a credit card All, we had like mad people like um who, who got like go there uh the dude that fucking had the whole abuse thing, um, like the sexual abuse shit. The, Charlie Rose? No, yeah. the main guy that was like the Today Show main guy. Uh, I damn, dude's iconic as fuck, but he just. The, Which, t- the main Today Show host, like, good morning America, 9 11 just happened today, blah, 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 uh, breaks the story. Like, he's the guy that gets it first. Who was that? Dog, fuck. I cannot think look of it his up, name. Look hey, it up. I don't want to do it okay. right now. <laughs> anyway, he told us that we rolled with more people than Justin Bieber did when he was on the Today Show, because that's how they're like who do you want to come out there? I was like, well, how many people can we fly out? And the Tay shows like the guy that producers like, let me tell you this. Matt Lauer was the dude. Matt Lauer. The okay. So Matt Lauer, Did he get? Oh, I didn't know. He, he got, got like some up. weird shit happened to Lauer. him. I guess don't quote quote, quote me, but something he got let go. Yeah. But he, uh, he's like, let me tell you if you guys don't come out because I didn't fly out some of Taylor's family. Um, I'll lose my job. So we'll whoever you guys need to come through. We're like, all right, we brought like 10, 12 people, mob through New York. They paid for all of our dinner. We just ran up. We were buying drinks just to see what they taste that's like. Amazing. Like, was, was that your sick. first time to New York? Uh, I'd been there before, but on like some mad broke shit, like okay. touring, yeah, yeah, like no money. Got it. And so this was like lit. And then uh, and the hotel was nice and all that shit. We had per diems on the rooms. All stuff. It was sick. Dude, that's we get there. And I find out that that girl, her whole purpose was to make us happy so that they, I guess, do you remember the story about that homeless guy that his voice was so prominent? Yep. He became a radio host. Yeah, I think he's in Detroit. Something like that. Yeah. He, they flew him out. Whatever they had him on the Today Show, he went outside to smoke a cigarette, and someone from The Good Morning America came and like poached him and brought, like, offered him some shit, and then he literally ten minutes before he's supposed to go on air, went to Good Morning America and they got him on the show, and then the people at Today Show have like all these TVs of every other network, and they see him there, and they realize that they just fucking lost poach. So now they hire people that just travel to make you never go with anyone else. Like if I came in and try to swoop you, they make sure that. I, I they would one up me to keep me on their show. See, that that's That's fucking nuts. Yeah. I don't know how we got on that story, but I don't know, that's a cool story. It's Random,
1: right? Yeah, super crazy. I want to see the footage you on the today show.
0: I didn't get on Taylor oh, did, okay. but I yeah, it was fun. Not, I, not in the background. Nah, I was just damn. filming shit cuz I was just like getting all the content. Okay. You know Sick. what I mean? Um crazy. Though. Yeah. It was dope. a trip. Yeah. Matt Lauer, damn. <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, <laughs> some people don't, I guess. <laughs> I, I recorded him, like, calling us. Oh, I, like, really? recorded oh. me. He had to call me, and then I would patch in Taylor and, like, introduce him and shit. And you he, like, him. had some small tie to Iowa and all that shit. He's like, I used to come there all the time. I had a girlfriend that lived there, all this stuff. And I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> it was tight. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So, cool. So you start doing editorial shit. Yes. And then... Um, how do you survive in New York though? Like straight out the gate for real a, you owe money, (laughs) you owe
1: money. It takes, it took a while. I was basically living in debt the first two years I was there. Mm -hmm. Um, I put everything on a credit card. I was like borrowing money from my mom. It was just like, yeah, it, I was struggling up until I think it was March of 2013. I can actually pinpoint the timeline. And then I got hired to shoot, um, nine days at south by southwest for vice oh
0: shit yeah that's sick
1: so they, they had this in thing in 2013 2013 i think that's when i went there for the first time well Schoolboy q was there i remember shooting him so they basically had this like giant thing called viceland it was before the tv show yeah. um and you know it was like the most insane lineup it was like kendrick lamar danny brown like uh did danny jump off
0: of like a roof or something Someone, he made, he made yeah, it that shit was that lit.
1: It was crazy. It was, like, right as a, a lot of those dudes were, like, really yeah. hitting their, like, like right after, like, Good Kid, Mad City came out for Kendrick. Mm. Um, I think 30 had just dropped, like, for Danny Brown. So it was, like, very hot spot, like, hot moment for these guys. And they were basically, like, needed photo content for... Um, they have a music channel called Noisy. Yeah. So I was basically, like, shooting...
0: All the shit for Noisy? Na-
1: yeah, yeah. Damn. So I was shooting nine days for Noisy. This was, like... M- this sort of thing that like got me a body of work that then I could show more people. And then basically since then I've been like more or less actively shooting. Yeah,
0: you're in the green now. Yeah, Best and car. I had to
1: borrow money to buy the flight to go out there because like they weren't gonna cover my travel, I had to find a place to stay. Damn. Um, and luckily I have friends there, like my friend Rachel and Darren, they, they moved out there a couple of years before. They're like, yeah, we got a spare room while the rest of the Vice people were all, I think they ran an Airbnb with like nine people in them for like a one bedroom apartment. And like everyone's just like crashing wherever they could. And I was yeah, like, okay, on a sick, budget. I have like. Yeah, a, whole space. Yeah, it, it worked out. Um, so yeah, that, and you know, which which is interesting, I like kind of got to use that sort of music, concert skill set into then, and sort of like combine it into like backstage port, like, I don't know, parlay that into, Backstage portraits, live stuff, and it was more where I could. I was trying to approach this as like one whole subject where I was like, okay, like this is my chance. Like, what if this was a small business? How would I shoot it? And right. Just getting all like the different moving parts of that's it. That's crazy. And that that's also when I like really started messing around with like just shooting shooting flash and shooting off-camera flash and on a speed light and kind of messing with these techniques and sort of slowly like m- having the idea of light makes sense in my head yeah um yeah that was like one of the first times i really got to like just throw my kind of creativity at at a subject and that's crazy it was, it was fun but yeah i remember and just being around like all this music
0: that i was very into at the time that's pretty dope yeah it was fun but that's the same thing it goes back to like parlaying that gig into multiple gigs totally. beyond on that shit. yeah so then what would you do say say you finish that the content's on the air yeah you have all your photos you whatever your website or whatever you were doing sure. at the time, but how were you starting to try to find work that way? I mean, I was
1: assisting a lot of the time. I used to assist this guy, Ben Ritter, um, who's like a fashion and beauty photographer. So that kind of kept me paying my bills for a while because he he was doing all these shoots for like SD Lauder and Bobby Brown. And, mm. you know, he'd bring me in. I'd be like, okay, this is this is a Noctobank, bank. This is a softbox. This is a beauty dish. And like sort of coaching me of like what the names for these things are, what they do, like the way like it's pretty fascinating like when you think of light as a a physical tool, tool. a tool but like the sort of mechanics and science behind it like oh, you right. can like literally like shape light and it just it, every modifier you use is going to like produce something different so i was kind of like learning that at the time yeah um, and then you know i started doing like corporate events like shooting stuff for these like agencies were like, yeah, we need exciting photos of this like this summit, and right. we're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. And I don't know; it's sort slowly it was just kind of developing my craft, figuring out also like what sort of stuff I liked shooting, and you know, all that. I, I still hadn't figured that out, right? And I still don't know what
0: I like shooting, but yeah. I, I do. I, I like shooting. I don't know. I, that's a whole other conversation, but but you were. I mean, that still feels like you're much in the like world of. I don't know. Commercial. Were yeah, you, it was like stick?
1: advertorial, uh, like or, I don't. Know, it's I'd say more branded. Like branded. I was shooting like a lot of parties for Vice at the time, and i It wasn't until I started getting assignments from The Times, and I think it was 2014. I want to say um, November of 2014. Like once I started working for them, that became sort of more of what I was doing on the on the regular. And then you know, in between then, I. would Get you know like I shot a couple things for like Wired Japan, mm. um, Huck Magazine like there that's like a UK based like smaller kind of publication and, and you know you just you're getting access to these stories and you're like okay like how can I like I'm my approach is I, I just don't want things to look boring like I want things to like kind of feel visually exciting right not necessarily like forced but you know just interesting and you kind of get to every time you get an assignment some new opportunity to try it, try something new or, right. or if you have figured out a technique, apply it to that. And
0: yeah, I know. it's so when you are at time, how the, the times, the times, yeah. sorry, is there a time magazine? There is a time magazine and Oops. there's New York times, the paper. So and there's the, New York times
1: magazine, the times. the times, the times. Well, when you're in New York, it's the times when you're on LA and you say the times, it means the LA times. God it's, damn it.
0: Yeah. It's confusing. So when you were working for them fools, yeah, for them fools. um, um, what was it you were being hired contractually as a freelancer yeah yeah so it was never a full-time job you were just never. coming in to do
1: specific jobs yeah I mean they I, I remember they actually reached out for my first assignment this this um dude Jeff Ferdicella who was on the sports desk at the time was like hey I got your email from uh I think it was our friend mutual friend Ariel Zamblich uh he's like hey like I think I'd like to have your eyes on the marathon like I think you'd shoot it interesting and i was like holy shit and i spent like the three days before that like mapping out where it was going to be Hell i was yeah. like on google maps and like okay that could be a cool vantage point that yeah, could yeah. be a cool vantage point and i ended up getting on like some crazy like rooftop and got some like ill shots yeah like i i, I kind of talked my way up onto this rooftop where they were shooting all the tv angles from and i think they saw, thought i was part of the tv crew so like you know i had these shots that no one else had yeah um, so I like, you know, where you see like the Verrazano bridge and everyone like running down fourth Avenue, which That's is like sick. where the marathon starts. I was like, cool. Wow. And then I ended up like roaming around with, uh, this dude who now works at the times, Andrew Hinderacker, and he was shooting for the wall street journal and we just sort of buddied up. He's like, Oh, we like go file for my friend's house in Bed-Stuy. So, you know, we make it up to Brooklyn and then we're on this corner. I think it was like Bedford and Lafayette where on one side, um, runners were coming turning a corner but like from this corner room these two windows you could runners were coming through here and there and i was just like whoa this is like kind of interesting perspective so i I don't know i just sort of spent the day just like hunting for these like kind of weird shots that upon first glance wouldn't feel obvious but like once you take it you're like oh that's right cool and they ended up
0: running those like the cool pretty ones. big, and I was like, dude, that was pretty sick. I was, I was so excited. Did you go to any of the spots that you mapped out, or did you bail on? Yeah, those? no, no, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, so I it sc- helps a lot to scout people, need to yes. understand scouting, yeah, pre production scouting, pre
1: visualizing, like the idea of like kind of seeing, like just planning a scene out in your head, right? Like, re- reading novels actually helps a lot with that, super, because like, helpful. It kind of
0: forces you to like do that in your brain. I feel like you can become very comfortable with like you oh yeah i do this every day and you i can i don't need to come and yeah. then i don't know how many times even on tour when i would be like fuck this looks insane if i if i could get up to that part of the stadium and then i'm spending yeah. like five or six songs trying to figure it out or when we went and uh where were we at um i remember the yeah, super bowl place mercedes yes we're in, in new orleans new orleans yeah and nah atlanta mercedes yeah. atlanta was it in atlanta where the fuck was the super bowl at this year it was in Atlanta. I went there. I was there. Mercedes, right? Mercedes okay. Stadium or whatever you want to call that, Is that shit. that where that was? Yeah. Because that's where the shit happened at the end of the show. Yeah. Remember that? No. Yeah, you're right. It was a different show. Yeah. Mer- uh, Anyways, it's the one with the Mercedes logo, and it hangs from the top of the ceiling, and it was the same place. You're right. I think we were that's like, Atlanta. One of our guys told us like, yo, you can if you go up this way through this elevator, you can get to this door that's unlocked and then you can take these really sketchy stairs all the way up. And if you go and look at this stadium, it's this terrifying like circle at the top where this Mercedes logo hangs. And you can apparently take these ladders that I think they're, they're not even like, um, legally updated or something. Like I guess it's a code or whatever, some shit. And so they're not technically safe to go on there. But me and Andrew were like, all right, let's do this shit. And I put the GoPro (laughs) in my head and I was like, let's go. And we like, spent so much fucking time and I remember getting so pissed because we got lost and then there was like no way to get down and the Didn't elevators we stuck were stuck in fucked. the stairwell too? Yeah. That sta- happened to me a couple of shows it where was I was so like shitty. banging on there like let me out. Yeah. I was freaking out. Yeah it's terrifying because <laughs> then you're trying you know you're taking stairs that take you to suites on accident and then you're like Oh yeah. Fuck. But that would fuck me (laughs) by not having not just, I mean, like I might've been chilling that day too. And I just was like, I don't want to go walk through this. I I won't look at the stadium until the show started. I'm like, Oh damn, this is sick in here. Just pure off of like, either I'm exhausted or I'm still working on something else. Totally. You know, you let that shit go. Yeah.
1: And it's like in the afternoons, those were the sort of like downtime because like you knew the next Five six hours. We're just going to be like nonstop. Like you're just shooting the whole show and then running to the buses, getting all the gear out like that's So much work. Oh my god! And then spending the whole night editing. Right. I'm just like I just want to chill. I want to go to catering. I want yep. my juice. I want
0: my juice for sure. Yeah. Tight. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, scouting though. Yeah. It, that would that was a mistake I made on tour, and I made several times before. But scouting can help a lot. So I feel like that's a good a good pointer right there. But um. So as you start working for the time, Z- in. In New York, yeah. Um, what what became after that first one? What were like some of the you know, some of the assignments I got. iconic um, shoots that you did? I got to shoot the Westminster Dog Show. Was that?
1: It's like the like. Have you ever seen Best of Show? Maybe it's a great movie. They sort of like parody the sorts of folks who enter these dog competitions. But you Uh-oh. know, it's like a it's like a very much like pure breeds. Yeah, people who. Like, they spend, this is their obsession is kind of, yeah, having dog like, it, they're like show dogs, you right. know, so part of that is, like, the, the agility competition where they're, like, running up, up and down, running through, like, the tubes and all that, but then there's, you know, like, the pure breed competitions where it's, like, your the goal is to have the most beautiful specimen of this breed, and so, you know, like, they had me cover that where I'm just, like, walking around, sort of shooting these, like, weird moments of, like, people, like, air, like. With like a hair dryer on like like dog's butt and like I don't know just like these strange moments so so funny that was one thing and they they had me cover that two years in a row and I'm like very much a dog person so I was like sick Sick. right this is amazing (laughs) yeah um I I covered the Belmont Stakes which is this uh it's part of the Triple Crown series of horse racing so that's like out in deep Queens and you know that you're not only just shooting like the horses themselves but like the scene of people who it's like It's like elegant as fuck right? is that where they dress up? That's the uh, one in Kentucky that's a Kentucky Derby mm. but I think it happens before the Kentucky Derby right. I'm not sure like exactly the full like how how it goes down Sorry, I that's There you go that,
0: man, so. It's all good
1: man um, It's just brand new table don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
1: Yeah so stuff like that is is a lot of these like sports related stories and yeah I covered the NFL draft in 2014 or 2015 which was cool that's it it's funny cuz like I don't watch sports I right. like I grew up skateboarding I was very like anti-established established sports I'm like this is jock shit like yeah so I, you know I was sort of like texting my brother he's like a big sportsman I'm like who is this like yeah like who should I be paying attention to he's like oh you're at the NFL draft yeah, yeah I, I think it was like when Od- Odell Beckham jr. got signed to the Giants um,
0: and yeah, it's just like, I think Johnny man, Manziel got like, the fo- I don't know. <laughs> I think he's lit. I think my brother always has videos of this dude. He up.
1: got, I think he got drafted on the Browns and you know, like the photo they ended up running was this like kind of big overhead of just this whole crowd, just like surrounding him right after he got drafted. So That's crazy. you're just like kind of trying to find these moments that kind of sum up like what happened at this, yeah. Yeah, this yeah. thing, the, the, this specific event. So, you know, you kind of like you're just looking. Like that's what's exciting about this. Like you just show up and you're like, just looking for things. To be like, and framing things in your head and be like, what does that mean? Like, right. what, what what does that photo mean if this person's here? And yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's a trip. That's I'm, I'm crazy. So it started going like yeah, from these sort of like reportage assignments. Um, uh, I'm trying to think back to some like notable ones. You know, and then I slowly or started. Oh, no worries. I, Let me think. After the dog show stuff. Huh. Yeah, I I forget. Does it get pushed celebrity base? At a certain point? It did after I shot um, the formation tour. Like, so, yeah. And fast forward to 2016. And, you know, in between that time, it was just more and more of these assignments. Started slowly getting portrait shoots where it's, you know, I, I, I had mentioned one where I shot this guy in, like, a um a car wash you know it's right. like a labor labor dispute story um so after that you know it's just so totally. how does that work
0: if you take a picture and and there's an editor that's basically like your boss basically yeah so the editor is telling you go get this shit this is what we're looking for yeah be like yeah ben Haggerty is
1: you know he's a creator of black and no cream right. we're doing a profile on him go you know we'd like a few different setups you know i and For me, I always try to get like three or four different setups, meaning like shooting you in a different place. You know, I might shoot you something more formal and then get something more environmental that sort of shows what space you're working in. Um, Details, you know, like I might shoot, like if I was in here, maybe I'd shoot like the podcast shit sitting on the ground. Yeah, yeah, like a a photo of this, you know,
0: just just sort of things that can kind of as a whole tell a story. So then would your, so okay, like is the way you advance in that industry is like, you kill that, it gets published. Would another editor happen to see that and yes, then they book you for their that's thing? that's exactly gotcha. what happened. Okay, gotcha. so So this is happening to you in 2016? Yeah,
1: so I remember I had a meeting with the style section um, with my friend Eve, Eve Lines, who's, you know, she's the editor there. And I remember I like, went in for a meeting and then she had me. She's like, okay, we're doing this profile on this woman named Lizzie Grubman who... She was most notable for it. it's like kind of a crazy story. It was the biggest story in New York before 9-11, But she was this like young socialite um, who, at a party in Hamptons, got in her car and like ran over like ten people. Oh shit! Yeah, like however many people. Don't fact check me, but um, so, she, and I think she used to be like Jay Z's like like publicist. She was Damn. this like big like publicist, like super powerhouse, like in the late nineties. Um, yeah, then she gotten, gotten all this trouble, went to prison for a while. Then nine 11 happened. That sort of like, obviously it's cleared it's like, her name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. People kind of forgot about her, but then, you know, this is sort of like her reemergence as, you know, owning an agency, you know, like 10 years later. Wow. Um, so, you know, I like, this was one of the things where I like spent like four or five hours on the shoot and like, that's one one thing, one piece of advice I could be is stay as long as you can because you never know, like, what sort of like moments are going to present themselves, like, a few hours in. Like, yeah, you could probably get a, an assignment done in 20 minutes, but it's like, if you have the time, just like hang out, you know, just see what's going to happen. comfortable
0: with you. Yeah, yeah. Allow you to be in their, their Totally, world a totally. Bit. And
1: then, you, then especially like with the portrait assignment, it's like a collaboration. So, mm-hmm. you know,
0: I was, I was with Elizabeth. I, so I, I got to slow down. Um... No, you're good. I'm li- I'm like, this shit's so crazy. there's so many elements to yeah, what it's you a trip, did, man. But you were with her, what were you saying? Uh, you were so with her. Yeah,
1: like the the idea was, you know, I showed up at her office, she's like, Oh yeah, like I'm here with my family. I'm like, cool, like we'll shoot some family portraits and then, you know, get some stuff of you. You know, it's, it was a nice day in spring. We're like, Yeah, we'll go walk around, find some nice light. You know, I spent the whole day with her. We like collaborated. She had like an Uber driver and we were like driving down the streets. She's like, Oh, like look at this like shaft of light. Let's like have you walking through it. And you know, I, I felt really happy about the photos I delivered that day. Um, so then, yeah, I you know, filed those. Um, and then, you know, a few days later, and one of the editors from the arts, uh, Jolie, hit me up and was like, hey, I saw, like, I actually reached out to her for a meeting. She so was like, yeah, I'm like, really interested in shooting for the arts section. She's like, oh, I actually just saw the shoot you filed. Um, I have something coming up if you want it. And That's crazy. Yeah, you sl- slowly just start getting in the mix, and then, you know, you, I, in a perfect world you know like well not in a perfect world but you know like the sort of goal is like you're they want someone who's reliable and can you know deliver top shit yeah like who who are we gonna put in the work and so you know that was just basically like pay the bills for a while that's sick and then around march of 2016 i was actually out here in la um i flew out for mother's day i think that's in march no may sorry may. May because the Lizzie shoot was like late April, flew out for May. Brother and I like surprised my mom. We're like, eh, "Happy Mother's Day!" And then and Beyonce was there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she shows up. Hey, hey. no, I got a call from um, my long term homie and just video extraordinaire Mike Morasco. Mike's a beast. He's a beast. Him and his wife Cassandra are just like they they're the best. But yeah, I got a call from Mike who I. I knew he had been working with her. Like I knew he, had, like he had just was like, yeah, I'm like doing like this behind the scenes stuff with Beyonce. It's crazy. I'm like, dude, good for you. He calls me. He's like, crazy thing. The two photographers on tour can't do the tour. I I forgot what the reasons were, but it was Rob Robin Mason. They, I I don't think either of them could commit to like you know the five or six months. He's like, yeah, like happened to be in a meeting when they were discussing like who they should hire and uh you know i threw your name and showed them your website and they're like whoa like yeah we'd love to try them out can you fly to la like right now i was like yeah, i'm i'm here i'm right. like here that's convenient as fuck yeah i was like what's up and he's like okay so the next show is at dodger stadium you know just oh, show so they up were already
0: touring the tour yeah, this started? was like
1: four or five dates in okay i think they had done like a few dates in the south and uh i'm like what the hell okay so you know like i show up they like you know, sign all this paperwork um just yeah you know NDAs and all that garbage yeah learn exactly. about what you're supposed to do probably. yeah yeah and you know Ro- robin mason kind of like walked me around showed me backstage they're like okay here are the dancers you know introduce yourself like that's that's beyonce's dressing room like you know just don't go in there don't yeah basically <laughs> like introduce me like caleb you know just like kind of yeah. we're like this is what you do like don't yeah just like have fun be nice and this is like a trial this isn't like this you is a trial tour. oh yeah yeah right no. okay hell okay. no i was like okay you know i'll just do my thing and it was funny like i forgot who told me it was like don't shoot flash like she has she hates it and i was like but like that's what i do like yeah that's, that's your thing yeah so i sort of ignored that and just shot it the way i thought it would look cool um and i remember you know going back to the tour buses i'm like whoa this is crazy you guys like Lit, like you guys travel on these this is insane. yeah I know right um edited the photos sent them in I remember it took me like because I had to get home home to Santa Monica or to my dad's in Santa Monica from the west side or from Dodger Stadium and I was like took me like three hours to get home I was damn. like up all night editing photos but I remember waking up the next day and going on Beyonce.com and it was like
0: your shit's there
1: yeah like a bunch of my photos ended up on there I was like that's cool like what that's a trip okay so yeah it's sort of like I, I remember I was supposed to fly home the next day and I was like no I should probably just like move my flight a couple of days and um, just to, like in case like they need, need me to fly out anywhere right, right. and it took like two or three days to like hear anything because I was like I don't know like if they liked it or if they like if they want to I I just didn't know what was gonna happen eventually I got a call from like one of the tour managers like hey like we liked what you did at Dodger Stadium um what's your availability like through the end of like fall. <laughs> I was like, I think I, yeah, I think I could, uh, yeah, fuck work. I'm out. Yeah. Let's basically. Go. And yeah, you know, negotiated everything. And you know, within a week I was on the tour, like, I think the first stop was Toronto after that. So flew back to New York, packed a bag, flew out to Toronto. And then yeah, next like five months I was, how um, insane is that shit? It was nuts. God damn. <laughs> Cause I'd only been to Europe like once before. And then, you know, we ended up doing like 13 countries out there. I think it was like a total, you know, what whatever this tour was, you know, yeah, same 45, show. 50 shows, yeah,
0: and Fuck. yeah, it was a trip. <laughs> so then, what was between that tour and then the next tour? What were okay, you doing so between that? Basically, came
1: back to New York after that. Had and what's exciting about that doing a project that long is you can edit together, you know, body work so. Like, that's what we want to do as documentary photographers and editorial photographers. Like, we want to produce work that represents the way we sort of see the world. So, you know, you spend six months shooting something, you you have the opportunity to sort of, like, edit and make, like, a very tight sort of, right. like, this is what it looked like. Yeah. So I basically just spent the... I tried to book as many meetings as I could, started shooting for more people. I started getting more celebrity assignments. I think my first one was shooting a... Shirt, no it wasn't Charlie's. Really, um I Thought you were gonna say Shug Knight. Shook Knight, that'd be sick. No, it was Tom Hardy. Mm. Yeah. That's joey crazy. Rubin hit me up um on Christmas Eve twenty sixteen. So this was like a couple months after getting back. And she was like, Hey, how soon can you get to Midtown? Like, how can soon can you get to like Central Park, essentially? And I, I live out in Bushwick and I was like, Um, I guess I could take a car there. She's like, okay, like we're, we're going to have Tom Hardy for like 15 minutes. Like we need a full body portrait of him. We need, and like, you know, once you get the full body, like just do your thing, like have fun, get something exciting. And so went out there basically like set up some lights, wait around for like two hours. He was like two hours late. Yeah. Got the 15 minutes and, and you know, after that they're like, cool. Like you can handle your shit around right. a celebrity. Like we're going to throw you some more of those. So yeah, it's, it's since then I crazy. got to like meet a bunch of like, and some of them are, you know, celebrities to me but not necessarily like celebrities sure on like you know a tom H- hardy level um i got to shoot this musician josh tillman of this band father john misty who i'm like a huge fan of that's sick so just like got to go spend a couple hours in his hotel room
0: like talking about like country music and the yeah. acid and stuff and that's dope like, this is wild this is a this is crazy that is <laughs> fucking tight yeah. damn so that tour like opened up mad doors yeah absolutely clearly yeah that's good that's yeah, and crazy. it continues to
1: um, obviously like doing the tour again two years later. I felt like I got to apply everything I've learned since to that. Like, in, as far as you know, like I, I think I spent more of an effort lighting it this time. You right. Know, like you're saying, like setting up lights backstage mm-hmm. and sort of these camera traps and just really trying to maximize the access because you're like, I, I just didn't want to make the same photos I did in the previous tour. Right. Because I was mostly just shooting like with a speed light. And you know, I, was, I was like, okay, like I can do something different. I can use these tools to sort of do know, create. If something that's different yeah. than just yeah. show footage or whatever. Yeah, you know it's what I mean? like shooting available light so I can only get you so far. And it's been, yeah, it's just the opportunity to experiment's always really exciting. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it's you, you're just like sort of in this like arena of just crazy shit. And you're just like, okay, I can make this
0: as weird or normal as i want yeah like let's get weird with it would you was the second tour um for coachella you did they book you while you were in new york and you flew in for that like you knew that you were gonna do coachella um lauren hit me up because lauren i think was pretty new at parkwood at the time yeah the good homie lauren baker shout, shout out, lauren. out. <laughs> love you sis um she
1: hates me does she <laughs> no she loves me but she really does hate me <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah she like reached out and was like hey like I'm Lauren we're I work for Parkwood we're working on rehearsals for Coachella are you available and I was like cool oh like, cool because I, I she you know B was supposed to do beyond our Coachella the year before but then ended up having the twins so got pushed here so yeah in 2018 got that email I'm like cool yeah I'm down so got to, like that's when we met yeah you know, we got to shoot all these rehearsals mm-hmm. and Sony Studios and So I didn't even know about the tour, that the tour was happening. right? Right, And I was just like, okay, like they're just gonna have me on for this. And I think it was like towards the end of rehearsals, then they were like, I think Lauren was like, yeah, I I think we want to have you come on tour if you're you're interested and available. And I was like, yeah, I think I want to do this
0: again. It's crazy. Yeah. Would you, what was the most challenging part of tour? I mean, from a photography standpoint,
1: was making keeping it fresh and not taking the same photos over and over. And like, you know, once you sort of got the shot, I I think it was, I sort of had like a mental checklist of kind of what I wanted to see in an overall view of it. Right. So, you know, I some shows I would only shoot with like an 85 millimeter lens, mm-hmm. just to like sort of focus my vision where I'm like, I'm not gonna get distracted by like having a zoom lens where I can just like zoom in and out. like right. I would sort of do these like funny little exercises each show to just be like, okay, this is like how I'm going to ensure that I'm going to get something different,
0: which I like because you used to do that when you first got your camera. Exactly,
1: like, yeah, yeah. Shot the same lens for three years. Right. It's like, okay, like this is the only like this. I have to make this work.
0: Yeah, and it challenges you. To it like makes you move. move around. Yeah, it makes you yeah. move. Well, what is a full send? <laughs> a full send is you see an
1: opportunity happening on stage, and the only way to get the shot you have in mind is sending it. So usually involved us running behind B and J on stage to get some crazy epic moment and the full send bumming out any of the video guys who (laughs) were
0: shooting, you know, like the, the real, like the iMags is yeah, what they're yeah, called. Yeah. The Those stuff guys, that everyone in the stadium sees, you would just see. Oh, they like, hated us. Yeah. Yeah. We were basically the being, top two full senders. Yeah. Dave would too, every once in a while, but it was primarily you and me. Yeah. We, just, we got the trend starting. I'd send it a lot. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I'd see you backstage. You're
1: like, Check this out. I'm about to send this <laughs> shit. You're like, All right, I'm right
0: behind you. You'd think about the shit though. Like, I'd be like, "Oh, cool. I know I need to go out there during this one specific moment, and it's just gonna fucking be very obvious that I'm on stage." Yeah. But who cares? Because that moment's gonna live forever. Exactly. Um, like, that shit was so. No fun. one's gonna remember like the three seconds you were on stage on the iMac. Yeah. But, you know,
1: if you produce like a rad GIF or a sick photo out of it. Yeah. That's that's what she's gonna remember.
0: Mm-hmm. That's what the fans are gonna remember. So you know, it was worth it. Yeah, it was worth it. And I remember the the first full send you were the f- actually the creator oh, of the yeah. full send coachella because coachella. <laughs> i we had like a choreographed part where because i was running the steady cam during the show that was going to the imag so this is actually really funny for me to talk about because i was on both i was in both worlds i was on the side of our camera crew for coachella who is all of the people that are shooting the show and what you see on the the screens yeah and the entire time during rehearsals everything um Lauren's probably like, "Are you dead?" I'm like, <laughs> she keeps calling me. Uh, during interview, <laughs> during uh, during the Coachella shit, I would hear. Our like show director and all the camera ops. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? God damn it! There's that fucking photographer again. <laughs> Get him off the stage. He's ruining our shots. And I hear all the time. Yeah. And then uh, even in Coachella, like you hear, <laughs> you just hear this banter of all these dudes just talking shit because we're the BTS crew's ruining it. And then I flip to being BTS again or whatever. Yeah, you lost the. You lost the uh, I lost my headcoms, so yeah. I, I just know. And I would always go to Mark at the show on tour because he's the show director, and I'd be like. Yeah, so did you did you see me a lot? He's like, we always see you, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> we always see you. That <laughs> was like, yeah, it
1: like becomes like an, a running gag. Yeah, you know, it they're was. like,
0: oh, we're gonna
1: see these yeah, guys. on Yeah, because she,
0: wa- she wanted it, so she knew like she was telling them like we're pushing them to go out there even more yeah. and just be in the show because you want to be a fly on the wall as much as possible, but there's sometimes you just have to fucking send it. I will say on, there was an exponentially more amounts,
1: more full sends this tour than formation we weren't sending it that hard
0: yeah i don't i think Until, it was like new. the very last show when we like get on stage with her and we're like this is crazy yeah like, we're not supposed to be here and, and then, i i would send it from being on tour with like school IQ and kendrick and, and working sure. with people like that i would just always be it, there was no rules like that For like a sure. one time got told to wear black because i was like and then i'm like learning what that means and yeah. why and i was like glass. okay yeah and i'm just like fuck but Oh, co- going to Coachella. There was one specific move that I had where I had to f- run across the stage of the pyramid and shoot B, and she was going to look to me, and I would, like, pan with her. Mm. Or maybe, no, she was, play- she was playing no, guitar. It's the, guitar during the
1: guitar solo for Hurt uh, her- her, Me. Yeah, the, yeah,
0: her and the guitar player would, like, have a moment and, like, fall on the ground, whatever. Yeah, and she so did, like, the whole. Yeah, she did the whole, thing. like, ill shit. So I had to go right back behind him and have this cool spotlight and it just looks super cinematic and then when I went <laughs> I could feel Andrew behind me and he just sent it with me and I'm like oh this guy's right here but I, he doesn't know that my camera's literally gonna turn back and see oh, him God. and I'm like I have to avoid now him who's right behind me he's just like <laughs> getting all these shots and I'm just like fuck I'm like yo man I really fuck with that but I, these dudes are gonna be so pissed at oh, you dude, they're, You're they're like, violent. I already got the shot don't worry about it like, it's all good but he didn't Coachella and the shit was so iconic and I have a uh, 360 camera so there's like a clip of Uh, i have it somewhere you (laughs) could see you in the background so fucking funny full sense that's what those mean so um now you know the definition um so now going into the future of shit like what's in store for you i know you've been working with a bunch of different brands and
1: yeah um i'm basically kind of gonna continue doing editorial stuff like i love shooting portraits so it's i'm always trying to do those time it's i have a couple uh like doc story photo stories that i'm gonna work on can't really go too into detail yet but yeah like i have a couple things out in detroit that i want to shoot in may um i think i'm gonna be out in virginia doing some some stuff for hopefully for this uh what something in the water I think, the yeah, festival yeah i think i'm gonna be shooting photos for that um yeah kind of br- i've been working doing more commercial work i'm trying to i i've been really enjoying uh, working with a team. Yeah. You know because so much of photojournalism documentaries like you're just by yourself right. and you know once I started doing more portraits like I uh, find find myself hiring assistants just like having more hands on deck and then you know like full-on productions you have like two two assistants, digitech, stylist, wardrobe, groomer. So right. I'm sort of trying to mo- move more into those like where I'm I'm just a small piece in sort of this like larger larger I, what, whatever you'd want to call it right. just larger production where like everyone sort of has their part yeah so
0: yeah i've been sort of excited to do more of the, that's those that's what's um like one key thing that everyone should know when shooting portraits what's the biggest piece of advice you could give to any photographer that's a good question
1: um first you, you develop a rapport with whoever you're shooting. Like don't immediately like, pull the camera out and start taking pictures. You know, if you have the time and see if you can like hang out for like 10, 15 minutes and just even bullshit about like restaurants to eat and just sort of like, you know, make the, make the subject comfortable because if they're not comfortable, it's going to show in the photos. It's it doesn't make the viewer exactly like the most intrigued. If it's like you can like body language and facial language is so important. Right. Um, and just you know, have fun with it. Experiment. Um, don't be afraid to ask ask them to do weird shit if you think it's going to make a cooler photo. Right. Just yeah, I don't know. Like make it fun. Don't don't be too serious about it. Um, but yeah, I think I think definitely like, biggest piece of advice is just like don't immediately pull out the camera.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Tight. Yeah. Well, shit. That's a good interview. Yeah? Yeah, it was tight. Did I do all right? You killed it. This is my first interview ever. I know, man. You killed it. Terrified. Um, <laughs> if people are, you know, you want them to find your shit, where? Um, Instagram, yeah. Andrew Whitey. I'll put the links in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Do you have it's, a website? Do you do I that? I do have a website. Yeah. Are you constantly updating it? Yeah. Nice. Pretty I'm terrible, terrible at that shit. Really? I actually just deleted it. Oh, shit. Don't <laughs> so, do that. <laughs> well, I, I had to because I got charged for the hosting and I'm like, I haven't even updated that site. I'm like, just delete the hosting. They're like, do you want to get rid of all the stuff that you built for the website? I'm like, yeah. Damn. I'll just start a well, new, new start one. Start a new one, man. Yeah, I want to start yeah, a new one. So, yeah. is it just AndrewWhitey.com or what? No, it's AndrewWhite.nyc. AndrewWhite.nyc. LinkedIn bio. LinkedIn bio. In the, it's in the Instagram. Cool. Um, all right. So I always say, if people got this far in the interview, so that we know that they made it this far, they need to go to your Instagram, whatever your last post at the time that they're listening to okay. this. They're gonna tag me at Ben Rovers World, so I know. And then tag you, or not? I don't have to tag you because they're coming on your ship. But put a hashtag that you choose. So you got to pick a hashtag, pick a hashtag. that way we know, like, it's gotta be like a, you, it can be anything, but hashtag send it, Ben, send it, Ben. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, we were also talking to uh, before this, Ben about steady, Ben, (laughs) send it, Ben. Um, we were also talking to about starting another podcast that's called, what was it? It was about us taking Oh yeah. Yeah. So we both had to use the bathroom before there and be like,
1: that'd be a kind of sick podcast concept with two people like, Taking a shit at the yeah. same time and call it shit talking. Shit talking. she you shit-talking like that, Ben Haggerty. Yeah. So if you like that, also let let's like know professional that. Professional style. With, you know, yeah. Because you don't see each other, but you're both <laughs> dropping deuces at the same time. Just having a good
0: old conversation. Yeah. yeah should yeah. we call it legs numb? He
1: just talks a lot legs. You just, so yeah, legs end, legs just like you can't even stand up yeah. yeah.
0: Um, All right. Cool. This was a great podcast. Oh, we should end this. We don't talk about the second part, but um, iconic time for me at least I don't know if it was for you it was when we were setting up and Barack Obama walks through oh god and we said no I know not the second part the first part (laughs) just him remember we could hear his voice yeah and we both like oh shit like he comes we're about to meet the president and he was like hey guys how you doing yeah and we're like hey I'm Ben and he just walked by and we both looked at each other like hell yeah that shit was tight that that was definitely a life hammer I forget that that happens so I mean there's nothing out there about it or whatever obviously image wise there's no content they wanted to keep that off the thing I think but like, I forget that we did that. So I was like, you know, that was pretty dope that we yeah. fucking. Yeah, that was, that was legendary. To be in the same room at the same time. Casually just... as fuck with his, his ill ass security guards wearing like Hawaiian dad shirts. Yeah. Remember sick. that? For sure. <laughs> so tight. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's it. How do you want to end this podcast? I don't know. What do you usually do? I just asked that question and see Should what you do. Break your wrist. Yeah, we can do that. So right. right here. One, two. Oh, you already did it. One, One two, two, three. three. <laughs> Bah, 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 bah. that's it for episode 69 with my boy Andrew White that motherfucker is a beast he is a beast make sure to follow Andrew on Instagram at uh, I think it's just Andrew Whitey on Instagram follow your boy, he's fucking killing it make sure to follow Black Widow Cream on Instagram as well we're uh you know the podcast is killing it every person that listens to it we appreciate you so keep listening to the podcast make sure to subscribe if you don't uh and leave comments and reviews and all that fucking glorious shit pick up the merch bwnc.com shop if you haven't gotten any yet and uh support us on patreon if you if you would like to go a little a little farther because that makes us go a little farther and continuing to make these things yeah man i don't know it's been a long day The Coachella doc comes out tomorrow. So that's pretty crazy. So I'm just thinking about it a lot, you know? Just thinking about how cool it's going to be to watch on Netflix. It's my second time having some shit come out on Netflix. So that's pretty dope. All right. I'm done talking. I appreciate everyone for listening to this shit. I'll see you uh, on Wednesday. Yeah. On Wednesday. And every Sunday. You know the drill. Do I even need to do these anymore? I feel like everyone knows what I'm going to say. Uh, I'm just going to drink coffee out of this, this fucking amazing looking black window cream mug and end the podcast this way. Goodbye.